is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. Series 8, episode 24, and an apology off the top for the long delay in getting this week's show to our listeners. Now, while we're a team... I'm washing my hands of this apology. It is all on you, Craig Cutchison. Good morning. Friday morning this particular week. Way too late for our listeners. Sorry about the delay. And I got thrown under the bus pretty severely by Jane on the Twitter feed when she suggested that it was because of my jet lag. And then I think a, I told Jane to do it that quite way. Quite a few people chimed in to remind <laughs> in an earlier episode I said jet lag didn't exist as a thing. So I was a little tired, to be fair, but uh, whether it was jet lag or not. I did see you sure. last night. We recorded uh, a part of this show, which we'll release at some stage in the next couple of weeks. But uh, you, you did look a bit messy. Um, but, but you've always pushed through, Hachi. I've never seen you... Back away. You, you play hurt. What happened? That's right. I'll dig in. <laughs> dig in at the crease this morning. Hey, by the way, excitement for you. What an exciting week for you. So let's just give you a little bit of context on the levels of excitement. First of all, we've pre-interviewed Winks, which is coming in the coming weeks. Yep. So we'll drop that when we're ready. That was an exciting moment. And uh, so that's you and Winks. It was like, I don't know, it was Harry Telford and Farlap. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was just so exciting for you to be around. Your hero. You patted the horse for a good hour. Yeah. You should see the padding that goes on during the interview, by the way. It's unbelievable. And look forward to releasing that. And then five days out, big moment in your life. Peter Credlin and Tony Abbott's podcast <laughs> drops soon. I know you'll be behind I the scenes you on about this. the um, the fourth cricket test over you in England. You must be so <laughs> excited, Tony Abbott. Mini Damo and you will be like on the WhatsApp. Oh, oh what's can, he going to say? Could you imagine listening to that? <laughs> Cause, cause, Don't pretend you're not oh, a conservative. Oh, please. I know where to start today. Yep. I, I want to. I'm going to rattle off a few things here, so we can hopefully commit to getting to them in the next half an hour to 40 minutes. You're at the cricket. I've got something on Basil Zemplis. I want to bring you to your Hachi. Right. Um, Aaron Rodgers is doing hard knocks. Peter yep. Ford has uh, messaged me about something we said about him a couple of weeks ago. We'll get to that. We did talk about Max Becker, Nathan Buckley illegally parking his car, um, Mitch Cleary doing uh, sponsor jobs and sponsor interviews. Anyway, there's so many places well, you to start. You're armed, don't you? Oh, there's there's another ten. Issues up. The Johns brothers are going to patch up, and you're central to that. But might as well start with you. Um, you just managed to park yourself uh, right behind the cameras, the SEN so, cameras so just in on, the cricket set. And you're going to have a crack at me about this. So I was in the, our commentary box for all of two hours in five days, right? That was it. I called in the last day because I didn't have a seat to have a bit of a look at the test in the last morning. The whole world, or the whole cricket world's watching, and, and you managed and, to put yourself behind your own cameras and start fist pumping. And the fist. Uh, Pump that was manipulated by our social team. Oh, hang on. AI, was it? It was Steve Smith's catch where he made that motion to the crowd. <laughs> and I was discussing with Adam White next to me, did he see that Steve Smith did that? And so I mimicked the action, not because I was excited about no, the catch. You knew you were on camera and you knew you tried to give it something for the camera. And so I was a bit unlucky that got manipulated the way it did. But it was an amazing test match. It's been an amazing series. The hype in London around the cricket is... You yeah. have to see it to believe it. You, so you went to the Lord's Test and the Headingley Test, yeah? No, I didn't. No. I, was sat in the, uh, I sat in the bar and worked during the Headingley Test, right. the, to be fair. But the Lord's <laughs> Test, I was there every day, five days. And it, it was like mini Melbourne. There were so many people that you knew there at Lord's in, in the cricket. It was yeah. incredible. Yep. The that, tour groups have come from everywhere. It was buzzing. Lord's is an amazing place. I, I've got one story from Lord's for you, Damon, by the way. And I know this might – I do run the risk of this clickbaiting. That's okay. I'm, I'm all up for it. I got stuck in the famous media lift at Lords. Did I tell you this? I haven't heard this. You know the spaceship up the top yep. where the media center is. Yeah. Well, to get it's a 
iconic media centre that's like, yeah. like a spaceship. Built for the World Cup 20 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, ha- I was going up to our commentary box. I had some guests with me, to be fair. And the lift got in the lift. And the lift, I had a look at the lift as I got in and it had the kilo, maximum kilos on the left. I thought, oh, it's never a good sign. <laughs> You're volunteering this story, by the way. No one's forcing <laughs> you to tell it. So keep going. <laughs> and it's only small. It probably holds six. And the seventh or eighth person got in as the doors were, just as the doors were shutting. There was no way to say, no, no, don't get in. <laughs> And so there's eight crammed in the lift, and I thought, oh, boy. And I got halfway up, and then, boom, the lift crashed. And here I am stuck, hovering in midair at Lord's, about 10 metres below the commentary boxes and about 10 metres above ground level. And it's a there's disaster. No, there's no space. No space to move. It's yeah. hot. There's a couple of panickers in the lift. Oh. I assume my natural role of the leader and everyone calm down, it's going to be okay. But I'm thinking, I'm not sure this is going to be okay because there's there's no remedy in sight. We're stuck no. in a closed lift at Lords. I thought of all the places, <laughs> the famous box. And then you try and hit the ground or the next level up. There's only one level. Right. But it's a fair hike between levels. So you are a fair Did, way up. Didn't want to take the stairs. And the hit the button. You go for about a metre and a half and then crash again. <laughs> Meter and a half, crash again. So it's crashing under the weight, so this day, of which I'm you, clearly contributing to. I don't know whether I'm like everyone else, but I've often wondered what I would do in these situations if that lift then went into free fall. Would you try and time a little leap off the ground as you anticipated it no, hitting the ground? All, Did you go through all of this? In all seriousness, I've been trapped in three lifts in my life. <laughs> One in Russia during the World Cup, <laughs> which was horrible. Because it was it was just so unknown. Do you think you were the reason the lifts are crashing? Well, I have a common thread, clearly. <laughs> one in Moscow during the World Cup, which was hairy. And the second one was even hairier. It was Halloween at Soho House in New York <laughs> in costume. And I've seen some of your costumes. In, it, with 10 people in costumes. You, you once wore a penguin suit. That was the hairiest because the, the, the lift actually never got saved. And the, you had to climb to safety. From the bike came out of the roof in the other little gap in the roof, like the movies, and he had to climb to safety to the next floor. It was like, like Die Hard. Yeah, it was like Die Hard. Yeah. So, because of those two experiences, I often say to people, "I'm paranoid and nervous about lifts." So, when the seventh and eighth person got in, and it clearly only held six, I thought, "Oh no, don't, please don't!" And then they get stuck. And there's always something. How long? How long were you? It was. Well, this was less than the other two. The first two times, I was thirty minutes and forty minutes, which was the worst. Oh, that that would feel like half a day. It's like. I don't think you ever recover emotionally from that experience. But this was about 10 minutes. It was the talk of lords. <laughs> and, and then you, there'd be body odours you'd be noticing too without wanting to notice them. Well, and, and, and everything about another person as in a that three-time, moment as a three-time, annoying you. There's a three-timer in lift, uh, being stuck in lifts. It's all about maintaining calm. But it's very hard because the air's not there. You can't make conversation. You can't look around. You can't. You don't know how long going to be there. There's people who react differently in their personas. So very, very awkward. Give us, just as we shut this part of the conversation <laughs> down, which we hadn't planned to have, give us your three points for people to uh, abide by and adhere to in a lift jamming moment. Uh, try and keep your voice calm with others and keep everyone else calm, <laughs> number one. Number two, don't crack any jokes <laughs> because some people don't take it well. <laughs> It's not a place for jokes. It's a place for calm, but not humour. I can imagine you trying to light. And we it had up. one. No, we had one jokester. I, I think in the first lift crash, I was the attempted jokester. I realised that's not the role of the lift. <laughs> On this occasion, we had one attempted, and I shut him down pretty quickly. He's a great fella. And so number two is don't attempt any humour, and number three, don't over push the buttons. It makes the situation worse. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we had this was the first time I had three or four jolts where you'd fall in a meter and you thought, you know, this might yep. go all the way to the ground. And if you go to the ground, you, it's going to be carnage, right? So it's. Yeah. I, I got stuck in a. This is a bit of a name drop, Pussy, for you. Uh, in a cable car in, of all places, Cape Town, in, in one of those AFL junkets I had years and years ago. Did you really? And it was the first of the AFL junkets I've been to South Africa on, uh, 1998. And Robert Dippier Dominico was in there at the peak of his, you know, you got powers. Stuck and in a cable car with Dipper. It was going, it was going round, and then he tried your tactic of attempting humour with people who didn't know he was. He said, "It's." He Don't said this it. to a bunch of yeah. South Africans. It's okay, everybody. I'm a Brownlow medalist, and that didn't go down no. all that well with a lot of people. No, it didn't last long. The breakdown, but it was a moment. Yeah, and I think the other thing on prevention, you've got to not. If people try and jam into lifts, you gotta you gotta be hard with them. No, get out, get out. <laughs> this one just snuck up on me. The two got th- I got it through, got big on you. I got through just as the doors were shutting. <laughs> I remember um, that a couple of days later, one of the guards goes, "Oh, did you hear that story about the people who got stuck in the main lift?" And I'm like. <laughs> I did hear that, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, that was what happened. I can't remember if I've time-coded this after all that. It's Friday morning on this particular week uh, of, uh, of the sounding board, and, and you are the reason it is Friday and not Tuesday like it often is. So that's on you. Um, Hutchie, just a quick couple of uh, quick notes here. Basil Zemplis, we're fascinated by him. You are. Good mate of mine. Well, media mate of mine. Ever since he gave you the lobster at 2020 at the grand final. He, he did do that yeah. and looked after me uh, as Lord Mayor of Perth when I was over there. Yep. Uh Lord Mayor of Perth still. Yep. There's a vacancy higher up in the political sphere in WA at the moment. What, the Premier? Mm. Premier's been filled, though. Mm. I reckon, well, I've been told that there could be some higher positioning in the political landscape in WA from our man. It makes, please stop talking in circles and spell out what you're trying to say. I've been told that people around him are suggesting he run for Premier of WA. You can't run for Premier. Yes, you're, you you're elected by your party, don't you? You can run for Premier. You can't run for Premier. Of course Premier. you can. You, what, did you do any work in the state political rounds at the yes. Herald Summit you there? And I did politics in so, year 12 and I know what I'm talking about. He's a Liberal, right? Not a Labor. And Liberal have got no seats. So like your logic <laughs> falls away pretty quickly. He might run for Premier. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard anyone <laughs> say. You can't run for Premier. It's not like an ad in the paper. You can West run Australian for state parliament. Wanted Premier. You can run for a seat, don't Yes, I? I know how it works, Hutchie. The Liberal Party, how many seats have they got? Jane White researched this while we're talking. I reckon they've got three, four, five. They've got, they've got enough seats. Five to ten percent of the whole market, don't He they? will bring people with him, Hutchie. It's a five to ten year uh, rebuild for the Liberal Party in West Australia. I am guessing, I assume, I think I know that his Liberal Party uh, leans that way. I'm not, I shouldn't. Probably overcommitted yep. to that, but he's not running for Labor anytime soon. Put it that way. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, now, I, I can't imagine that he'd want to do the heavy lifting just yet. Someone's got to have to go in and be the transition and just come in over the top. If he went, if he wanted to be the leader of the Liberal Party, Bob Hawke style back in '83, he just came in for the election, went bang. He would probably win. His, if he could, if he could find a seat, he would probably win, and I'm sure he'd be the leader of the party. But that's a long way from being the premier, Damo. I um, love it how you think it's just a job that's advertised in the paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's your Skills I, I actually do know the way the political systems work. I just no. And Kerry Stokes, very keen for that possibility. Two um, seats. Is that right, Jane? Two seats they've got in West Australia. Yeah, but how's he uh, going to be premier from a two seat party? I'm just putting it out there, Hutchie. There's a push for him to revolutionise politics over there. Now, Peter Ford, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we we spoke about how he had spoken to Keith Warren, Shane's dad, yep. at the timing of the release yes. of the. He reached out. Um, yep. He definitely was approached by Keith. 
And we, we had some ambiguity around the tweet that he had, who approached whom. It wasn't a massive deal, but he's a listener are and mopping, we love him. Are you mopping this up? No, we didn't really need to. We, yeah. we presented it as, as, it, as it read, um, but just wanted to make sure. He was sure. On, the, on the particular night or afterwards? Uh, Did you get the actual facts on y- this? Yeah, I, I can. And I've got permission to... Has, is this an ambiguous text? Or no, a... no, this is a very clear one. Um, yeah, the, the text, well, the approach to Peter came prior to the airing of the of the first of the, the nights of the Shane Warne uh, TV show. Still feels like it's got a couple of whiskers on it. No, 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 absolutely. Yep. No, and, and it's time-coded and absolutely uh, okay. approached. Yeah. So you're you're apologising? That's fair enough. No, there was no hey. need for an apology, and, and um, Peter wasn't seeking one. He was just absolutely you know, clear on, on we, Did you just check on. that was his real name while you were there? <laughs> you, you keep banging on about this. I've had so many people tell me it is his real name yep. and has been for a long time. You, I think it's a stage name. <laughs> Ever since that 1A. Peter, uh, <laughs> that's right, the screenshot of the 1A to London. Yeah, whatever it was. Hey, uh, Peter, direct that one to Hutchie, okay, if you yeah. want to take that one up with, with someone on this show. Yep. Um, oh, let, let's get to Nathan Buckley, Hutchie. I, I saw he parked his car in a no-standing zone. Why do you care like. about this? Well, why, do, why, do, why does the newspaper care about this? Or, or a, news, click, a news outlet clear, care about click it? He clickbaits. I've got to get to it in the running sheet now because I did flag it. And now, where is it? Oh, there it is. Clickbaits. Buckley's bylaw. Alpha move by Magpie's great to park his ute where mere mortals can't. This is in the age yep. online. When you're an AFL Hall of Famer, such as former Collingwood skipper and coach Nathan Buckley, you don't left, let trifling matters like City of Melbourne parking bylaws get in the way of your busy day. So when CBD's informants spotted the Pies great swatting out aside the council's parking rules outside Southern Cross Station last week with the same ease with which he dispatched opponents in his playing days, we thought... Why the heck wouldn't he? Buckley was dropping his son off to catch a V-line service from the busy station on a Friday, and, you know, parking can be tricky around there. So as our our witness put it, Bucks parked in the no-standing zone like an absolute alpha. It translates to man parks car where he shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a story about it. It's a sign of the times, right? We've got uh, a clickbait era and those things. Oh, and, and and we've got a public that are motivated to take the picture and send and, it in. Clearly and, it wasn't the... And here I am reading it. Yep. You fell <laughs> yeah. You fell in. Am I falling into the uh, sideshow circus around the Johns Brothers, Hutchie? Because you've been central to their blow-up. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if this has been a, a media campaign orchestrated by you. Hey, uh, Maddie and, uh, and and Joey, can you just fabricate a little bit of dislike between each other? We'll blow this up into an SEN thing in Sydney and we'll let it play out in the media for basically six weeks while the state of origin is unfolding. And then we'll all patch it up. No, I've been very honest with you about this the whole way along. It's been quite a genuine. Uh, well, don't get all dull on me now. Gee. Well, what's the best it, way there's to a, there's, a, there's an element of theatre to this. Can I just tell you point blank? There is zero zero theatre in this. Joey has had an issue. Matt probably less so had an issue, but Joey's had an issue, and and that's been the that's what's happened. I am catching up with him next week, and oh, angry, so, so you are. Yep, I'm are hot. you are you going to be catching up? Hang on, with them or one of them? I'm just with Andrew. Yeah, I'm hopeful that because he'll... you were quoted in the Telegraph. I think it was Buzz Rothfield. You were going to have quote a bite to eat. That oh, was a quote. I never said that. Well, that, was, that was, was you were going that, to have a bite to eat with them to the patch it up. Interpretation. No, it, I'd love to have Joey back on our airways because he's missed and loved. It only clearly only works if they find common ground, and I'm, hopefully they will. They're two brothers that love each other. They've had their spats along the way, and the you said the last Queensland rivalry. I just do you, do you think he would make a good coach of New South Wales, Joey? Do you think he's a chance for the role? Uh, he doesn't come across to me as a coach. I, I, I've he's knowledgeable again, and passionate. Oh, I, no I, doubt. I discount and, it. And again, yeah. this will mean nothing to anyone. But yeah. on my observations of rugby league, and I love rugby league and have from a very young age. 
unlike a lot of people who follow AFL. I love rugby league. On my observation, Sachi, and no one's going to care about this, he is he is the one carry of, of NRL in terms of there's no one better in my eyes than him. So let me just throw that into it. His knowledge of the game and the old-fashioned footy now he's got, would it be translatable to a – it probably is translatable to a state of origin component, isn't it? Maybe not a week-to-week. Yeah, week. Wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, it, if he contemplated it, if he were offered it, but who knows. I'll look forward to – I've been away, as you know, so I'll get – to the bottom of it next week when I'm back in Sydney. Anymore. When you um, spend those few moments when you reflect on your life, you obviously have a few things to be, um, you know, reflective of. How have you got yourself in the middle of a John's Brothers blow-up, by the way, and the central figure to the the need well, for a patch-up? It happened on our airwave, so it's got to be sorted out at some stage. But that, yeah. Like the two, the greatest rugby league player I've seen and the, the greatest media talent in the country, yeah. and, and you're central to their story. Matt's extraordinary to work with. He's very creative. Matt's unbelievable. He's highly driven. He's so he funny. Works so hard. He's got the Kane Corns work ethic. He's got um, a brilliant. He got the ability to change gears from humour to pop culture to knowledge. Yeah. So on Monday, and he, he listens yeah. to, to people who who answer his questions. He's got great. Um, so I'm a huge fan, and Joey's got an incredible feel for the game. Clearly, and. I think when focused is a tremendous media performer too. So yeah, hopefully we can they can work it out. The show their show Morning Glory is going exceptionally well for us. I'll plow through because we've got so many issues. Uh, let's get to something that a lot of people have asked me to ask you, and yep. and, and you would have been aware of what happened on Media Watch during the week with yep. the Max Becker situation and the the airing of an interview with Nelly Yo, yep. who is a notorious let's say um, can we use the word liar? I think yep. that's that's fair to say. What happened? Yeah, well, so I was first of all I was away, so I didn't wasn't aware of it until after it had happened, and I really feel for Max because it's not his fault; it's our fault. So, and, and Max being how old is Max now? Max Becker's 16. 16, Yep, unbelievably talented young yep. man, highly driven, highly motivated. But his own show on your platform, his own show, the kids on a edition. weekend. Yeah, yep. and and is so used to generating his own content and a real driver of his own content, and you can't. It's not the right thing to do to stop him from being so user-generated with his content, no. right? He's, but he, but when you say it's not his fault, he, he is 16 years of age. He's not to know. And you've allowed him the space. Yeah. And, and, and I, I'm not having a go at any of this, but but is it right when, when you now reflect upon what happened here that he has got that license as a 16-year-old in, 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 a, in, a, in the big world? Well, he hasn't got that license. The show has a producer and we produce the program. He generates a lot of the thinking and ideas behind it. And on this occasion, our production values weren't at our own standards or level. So we didn't our, – our production team on the day at the time – And it can happen. Look, I, I, I'm not here to smash you. No, not, and, and not, not Max, but, 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 but again, someone – I'd be surprised if someone in media wasn't aware of the notoriety for all the wrong reasons attached to Nelly Yo. No, it's on us. And it's on yeah. me because I structure our content team. So it's on us. So we, we made a blue – it didn't. It didn't uh, get caught on the way through, and, and this stuff does happen, and and, and a lot of it happens, and it doesn't get and it played out yeah. subsequently. And I, there's no excuse for it. We make yeah. a lot of content, as you know. Uh, I think we've done a pretty good job over a long period of time. Of you know, we're running eight or nine shows at one time a day, like like you are at Triple M and others, and you've got to have maintain your standards the whole time. I think our production and content team do an amazing job. And on this one occasion, it got through the system and we've put measures in place to ensure it doesn't happen again. We're not the first ones to be fooled by this particular individual and conned, uh, but this one shouldn't have happened. Yep. And all I would say is it's, it's 0% to do with Max. It's not his fault. Yep. I feel bad that we put him in that position and situation and uh, we've apologised to him. Yep. And and again, I just want to back out. And, and, and Ali as well, who does of... a magnificent job on that show, Ali Blackburn, who does a great job on that show. So. Yep. 
those types of issues can happen uh, and and do happen regularly. But I thought in that the, in the way that the media watch covered it and the way we were covered was fair and reasonable. It was our blue, and so we we accept the accept what comes with it. Yep. Uh, you have alerted our listeners from a long time ago, and, and you're probably doing it. In fact, you were doing it yourself as a reporter, Hutchie. The um, access to talent via a third party, and that third party being a sponsor. I raise it this week because our man, Mitch Cleary, has managed to uh, grab an interview with Christian Petrarca, and I'll let our listeners know, or I'll let our listeners listening to this, and then I'll let them work out uh, how we may have got access to Christian on this particular day. Doing a lot of more visualizations type stuff as well. It's just you know picturing yourself in um, in those moments. What does it feel like? Um, yeah, it's 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 really basic stuff. It's almost just like watching a movie of, of yourself. Petrarca today launching Red Bull's Meet the Pro campaign for fans. Saturday <laughs> night he hopes to finally meet Clayton Oliver. Have, have, you, worked, the have you worked it out? They <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did the rounds. I think I think Red Bull might have been through here with Christian too. So. <laughs> <I> think, <yeah. laughs> Yeah, that's, You've just got to take it, don't you? Well, just not always. It. No, we 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 run a fairly tight. Oh, Hachi, you you run a tight process around access to players through that. Yeah, we do as a business because it's if it clashes. Earned, well, it's earned media rather than paid media, so we're in the paid media business. So that's I, I'm I'm particularly alert to it, Damo. To be fair, <laughs> all right. But uh, the newsrooms wave them through a lot more readily, and that one clearly was the the pros outweighed the cons. The newsrooms are. About that's about the maximum length you can get paid off on the PR. On Just the one news. line like one that. One line. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, and a minute ten story. That's about full tight odds. And and again, our listeners have have latched onto a couple of topics that we bang on about probably way too much. But one of them is reference to sources. And if your benchmark source is the impeccable source that the Herald Sun went with a couple of years ago or last year yep. on a particular story, and then we saw last week there was a a front page uh, line in the West Australian. An intimate source. Yep. The source intimate. Um, I've been told this week, Tom Brown uh, referenced prominent sources. Prominent sources. No, no prominence yeah. good. Yeah. Prominence good. No, I don't hey, mind that. Hey, switching gear. Um, I've been away while Stuart Dew's demise happened. He was sacked while on the aeroplane on Tuesday. Yep. Caroline Wilson's led this story on Footy Classified. I'd say she not just led it, but dominated it. Facilitated it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it actually put... Her report put extra pressure on the situation. I reckon that this is my take on this, Hutchie. And I did. I when, when she went with that story two weeks ago, I, I wasn't aware of the timeline that she had referred to. Uh, I would argue that it's actually brought forward the decision. We've talked about some of these stories being self perpetuating. Yeah. along the journey. Do you think this is an example of yeah, that? Yeah, I do. I, I do. It created all this talk. Stuart overreacted. At, not overreacted. He reacted in a way that a human being would react. But he went to Mark Robinson, his preferred platform. Uh, the Herald Sun didn't want really want to buy into the Stuart Jew story, it seemed at the time, albeit there's been a bit of retrofitting of that by the looks of it in the some of the promos. And <laughs> really, yeah, I think that's fair. Well, that's what they do, isn't it? No, yeah. but okay, it's okay. That's well, fair. They follow up stories um, and then put do, a. So yeah. do you do you think that they decision had been made before Caroline said what she said, or do you think the what Caroline said forced? To ahead, what many yeah. of them were thinking anyway. And again, I, I'm just, I'm just like anyone else on this. I'm an observer from the outside on on this yep. specific aspect. But, but we we are, um, I suppose, privy to the way clubs work in these situations, yep. and clubs panic. And and I, I saw a football club that is not used to being the focus of intense media scrutiny. Yep. I saw a president who is clearly or chairperson in 
Bob East, who is clearly a genius in business. I mean, have a look at his CV. Go and have a look. He's the Mantra Group, for instance. Yep. Um, it's his. And, 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 and a, a very Gold Coast look, isn't he? No one's ever looked more Gold Coast yeah. than him. It was Daryl Cotton when I first looked at it. Well, there's a bit of Jeff the Thompson. Bird show. There's even a bit of Jeff bit Thompson. Of Jeff, bit of Tomo. Yeah. <laughs> I love the look. Yep. But he'd been overseas. I reckon he's read from afar yeah. what's going on, and then he's flown back in and thought, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with this, as he probably would in, in, in a number of his businesses. It doesn't work that way in footy. And, and I, I saw someone and a club that just panicked and thought, well, okay, let's do it now. Well, did they make the right call? I think it's the right call, yeah. But but I, I wouldn't have recontracted Stuart last year for yep. what it's worth. That's no reason to be stubborn about it, though. Otherwise, the Saints prove with Brett Ratton. No, but, but what, yep. it, what it is, though, and this is probably getting off what you're asking – what make that decision sixteen matches ago, and then and then and then run away from it? Yep. At pace, sixteen matches into what's effectively a Clearly. forty-six week contract, two more seasons. They've given him a third of that new deal. It's so reactionary. You know, it's funny little social cues or um, optics. When I saw Ben King benched in that game as the sub, this is one of your elite talent who you're wanting to keep long term. I just remember thinking. Oh, that's, that doesn't quite fit. Yeah, you're not reading the play here that he's under siege on the roll. Have you summing out one of your guns and just add, it's another? I know, he basically not, hadn't had a touch. I'm not saying it wasn't the right decision. He, by the way, he dropped the most simple of marks that I, I'm not that you and I would still I'm not take. Stressing the decision to do it, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure it was the right one. But it's just I don't know whether you're doing that if you think you're not going to last a week as a job. Right, it's just another little reminder of that he might have of the disconnect and you're, best, you're not getting the best out of your best players and. Yeah, um, and, and hats off to Caroline, who oh, absolutely. dominated the story and went hard again the following Monday, and then yeah. it all unfolded the, the very next day. I think, yeah, I think from a PR point of view, just if you reflect on on Stuart's interview with Robbo, which was good content and a great get by Robbo, to be fair, there's no upside in that with coaches. Like, you don't, when you. Oh, you take, this, you take the angle. Oh, no, no, I'm not. But you don't hitch your wagon to the. Outcome. We're talking two different things. Yeah. Herald Sun, Robbo, great get. On Stuart Jew. Yeah. Good journalism. Well done. Yeah. Good, good story. I'm talking more from Stuart Jew's point of view. He doesn't get a return on that. Like, you don't, digging in and saying, I'm the right man, you guys have got it all wrong. That doesn't, no one changes their mind when they read it, do no, they? No, no they one don't. says, oh, Stuart's no. come out and remind us that he's really good. Yeah. And that everyone is supportive. It doesn't. No. And my, my view too. When, coaches when, feel cornered a lot and they do hit out sometimes from time to time. But yeah. It, it doesn't help. You can understand the, the need for him at that stage to, to feel he needs to react. But, but, if you're looking at it from the outside as we are yep. and and with, with a very analytical lens on it, it was just the wrong strategy, wasn't it? And it was at the time, no yep. matter what happened beyond that. And obviously then, um, yeah, it, it played out the way it did. A couple of things I had for you. What did you make of the New York Times and the LA Times clearing out their sports reporters? And using the athletic yep. organisation, which, which the New York Times had bought. It's just another death knell to traditional traditional newspapers, isn't it? Um, I mean, this is an iconic paper, the New York Times, and, f- and for them to basically then, as is now happening, tell me if I'm misrepresenting what I, what I did read, Hutchie, basically sublet its own sports department out to the, the runnings of the athletic organisation. Now, again, to the general person in the street, would he or she care too much when they see it? Probably not, but in terms of what once was dear to newspaper buildings and organisations and, and operations. It's it's a it's a significant shift and, and not a good one. It's coming, isn't it? I, I saw in the Herald Sun today, I reckon, at least two code bylines from their equivalent of the Inside athletic. the Herald Sun. Yeah. Yep. So the more there's more and more – it's not external content because I own the business, but there's more and more 
of the subscription model being reshared back in reverse, right? The with the with that, this was how it was presented: a five hundred and fifty million dollar burden that has never turned a profit has managed to trigger massive changes at one of the leading US media outlets. So the Athletic sold for a bomb. Never made a profit. I thought I didn't know that. I mm. suspected that might have been the case. It is hard yards to make a profit on those yeah. businesses. Clearly, it's data was what it was bought for. Whether they've extracted the data in the way and the means that it can be commoditized, who knows? But that, is that what it's called? A loss leader. A loss leader. That's exactly what it is. It feels like it's a retrofit of well, we of can't purchase. Can't make this work commercially. Yep. How do we extract synergy from it into other platforms? Yeah, and, and they've. Which, which is, which is me will suggest that the, the bean counters, which is not um, an unusual practice now in media operations yep. and even newspapers, are, are running the business, not the not the old fashioned news journalist people. Would that be a, a fair well, take the, on that? And the, I, I, I get that. I mean, it's, it's a commercial world. The economics of journalism have never been tougher. We've talked about it. But we and you have flagged this already today that we we did speak with Nick McKenzie yesterday, and I had read his book, and there's a good strong reference both in the book and in our chat with him about the support he got from James Chessel at the yep. head of the Age and the encouragement that that he got. At basically one of the lowest moments where it was line ball, do they abandon the project or do they you know, keep going? And he got full license from James to to go for it basically and and name Ben Robert Smith at a time that he at that stage had been reluctant to do so. So that's the sort of support you can get if you've got a newspaper person in that position. You line that up with what's happening at the well, New York Times now and I think it, you it always, suggests that that's not happening there. You always get support from a newspaper person because there's something – there's a brethren around – journalists and the, mm. the craft and uh, like it's we bag each other but don't bag us as a collective is the kind of the model of the but you need but, it but no one again I, I bag what we do actually I bag what, what you and I do at times and, and we've done that but but still deep down we are both newspaper people yeah we are and, so, and, and as much as we bag the fraternity and the profession and what it's become and, and we, we won't, won't stop doing that no, but you do well, well you do too you just don't say it on air the, because you try to be everything to everyone these no, days but no but what I would say is the most Ex-journalists have great empathy and support for yep. modern yep. journalists, but and, and if you're you not need, one, if you're not one journalist, you've got no idea, and you don't relate to it, do you? Don't relate you don't to relate it. To you the need to be able to have a boss who has the ear of yes, the fiscal bean counters. To your point, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's one thing to be supported, but there's another thing to be able to influence those and, and above. If it, and if, if whatever you're doing is not making money, well, it's not going to last anyway. Ultimately, so that's yeah. how it works. Uh, where are we now? Let's let's bounce around. Um, okay, so. What did you make of Pat Cummins' latest personal slash private arrangements and, and deal with a with a group, uh, Hachi, the particular group in question? I've got it written down. Not across here. this. Um, partnering partnering with the the Nexpa, partnering with Nexpa and Goodness Group Global allows me to extend that passion and make a real impact in the lives of people promoting healthier alternatives to sugary and artificially sweetened drinks. So he's partnered with a, a kombucha right. drink firm. He, he, he ruffles people no, in a way, doesn't he? your feathers. <laughs> I can't warm to him. <laughs> he doesn't ruffle. I can't. I, I love him as a cricketer. I he bowled amazingly in the first innings of the Lord's Test, toiled hard on the last He ruffles innings. your feathers. No, it's not just me. I, I don't get too worked up over it, but – this is a guy who had some pretty strong views about Alinta being well, a, a sponsor and that, how did that, well, you know, so, but, but Australian cricket is sponsored by Gatorade and Pepsi, which have a lot of sugar and a lot of artificially sweetened product in their product. And that's the Australian oh. cricket team's sponsor. Now he's gone 
solo with a with a an arrangement that obviously personally and financially benefits him. I think his brand is in really strong health as an individual. I think he's a much loved Australian sports star, and if he had and he's what he believes in is pretty clear. He's quite upfront and transparent, and now I think this is on brand, so I don't, I don't share the same. He believes it, Hutchie, when there's a, a check attached to the deal. Well, he's entitled to commercialise oh, absolutely. himself the way he chooses. But I, I don't think I want the Australian cricket ta- captain telling me what I should and shouldn't drink. What's well, been going on? Alan Border was telling me to drink Forex on an ad in the beach. Like, <laughs> well, that, that's, more any, my, that's more my go. How's that any different? <laughs> that was a good ad too, wasn't it? That was fishing. The Forex right? kind of feel yeah. creeping up on me. So I think I think you're a bit slick. You well, does he want to be so beholden to that view on life and and ask for the Pepsi and Gatorade contract to not be renewed, or is it? Well, how do you know they're not? And the the global warming I, pursuits he's got, he yeah. Anyway, you don't want to be told how to live your life, do you? Not not by Pat Cummins. Yeah. Nah, just just go and bowl for Australia and captain Australia. <laughs> I love what you're doing there. But you're happy to take a you're happy to take a wager and check yourself when that comes around, though. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so the, the hypocrisy of that won't be lost on some. But it's that you declare it, Hutchie. I don't. I don't think I. Well, I don't he, think I moralise about well, my views on life. I, I've got views, but he, I don't tell people that. Well, he declared it. This is an alternative to sugary and artificial. I'm. A, I'm an adult, and but I can he, make a decision. If I want to go and grab a can of coke, I'll grab a can of coke. But if he believes in the, if product, I want to have a bet, I'll have a bet, he, and and I won't be told that it's bad. I, I I can manage that. I'm an adult. If he believes in the product, what's the, what's the problem with his with the check attached? Yep. Yep. Hey, can I just on a lighthearted note? Can I? This is satire, right? <laughs> so it's a worry when you when you uh, flag it. Is that I saw the hoo ha on the well, I was on the plane reading the paper on the on the Wi Fi. I saw the hoo ha around <laughs> on the Wi Fi. <laughs> I saw the hoo ha around dogs behaving badly on the TV the other night. <laughs> Channel Ten has been forced to defend its chaotic new canine series, dogs behaving brackets very brackets badly, saying it is pushing archaic methods to control naughty pooches. Ten's locally produced series. I haven't seen this. Based on the UK show, features dog father trainer Graham Hall scouting the nation for the naughtiest hounds. The Pet Professional Guild Australia first wrote to Ten, and then the RSPCA chimed in. So this is Alice Costa said the RSPCA had contacted Channel Ten in January to say it was concerned with the language used in relation to the show. <laughs> it reinforces negative perceptions that these are bad dogs. RSPCA spokesman said. The RSPCA opposes the use and promotion of aversive dog training techniques and methods. So they've they've stuck their... Where, where are you taking this? The RSPCA... So, this is what I'm taking. The RSPCA demo, what is their job? <laughs> of all the questions I thought you might throw to me today, I didn't expect this one. Um, they would be there as, as their, their charter, I would think, Hachi. Yep. To protect animal protect welfare. Protect animals? Yeah, yep. and, and animal welfare. Yep. That, that, that would be a that'd be a reasonably yep. prominent part yep. of what they're about, I would think. So I was away and I went to buy um went to buy a burger and, and it was it said on the menu, RSPCA approved <laughs> chicken. At breakfast I saw RSPCA approved <laughs> eggs. So how have RSPCA become part of the sales process of eating chicken? Who in there thought that was a good area to get themselves into? This has resonated with you during the workcast. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm saying satirically, but how have the RSPCA? Look, if you walked into the RSPCA as the new CEO, you'd go. Uh, before we get started, who was a knucklehead that thought we could help the sale of the chicken in here by saying it was RSPCA approved? How, how are they in favour of that? <laughs> Explain that to me. <laughs> but isn't this like the gambling industry, Hutchie? 
both taking money and making money out of the anti-gambling industry as well. Yeah, be like a say. Like, it's like you you win some, you lose more. All these slogans, which I, which I'm all for, by the way, but. The, the pool of money that comes in. Hey, come and gamble with us. But by the way, also we've got to tick this box in this. Is this a similar situation with what you're talking about, the Paris PCA? How, how do they disseminate between the – so I asked someone this when I was away and they explained to me that it was something to do with the hormones in the chicken, which there's a theory kicking around that that there's a lot of tall people walking around at the moment because of the hormones in chicken. Back in the day, that this is not a new theory. This is not so, a new theory. So now, that, like I'm, I don't know anything what I'm talking about. But how did the RSPCA become the leading sales agent for chicken sales in the world? <laughs> Who's the approver? Hey, not a bad burger. This. So you've noticed this in the past week, have you? Both on the, the burger <laughs> menu and the and the eggs. Yeah, how many have you been alive? <laughs> RSPCA approved eggs. If you um if you transgress on an AFL venue these days, Hutchie, I'm referring to Toby Nankervis's hit on Jake Lloyd last weekend in in round yep. 17. As, as sure as night will follow day, you need to apologise to the person you've hit. Yep. And Toby did that, which I'm not saying wasn't genuine. Um, as Jordan Degoe did with Elijah Hewitt uh, a couple of weeks earlier, as has happened pretty much every time. And I, I raise this cynically, sceptically, this part of it. Uh, you have the private apology, which you make sure you do, and you, you may be told to by your, your team officials and maybe coaches at some stage after the act, like maybe maybe straight away after the game. If not straight away after the game, make sure you make a phone call the next day. So that's all well and good, and that may be genuine. But then you must then, as part of this process, uh, let let the public in on the fact you have done that. Yep. And it just mitigates the sanction. It yep. takes a week off. The, Instead of four, you get three. We're in the apology world. But yep. but why, why, are we, why are we allowing this to be mitigated? Oh, I mean, it was referenced at the tribunal that the apology was part of keeping it down to yep. three. I mean, why? Well, why? It was strategic, right? Yeah, it was absolutely strategic. Oh. Hey, what, do you want to talk about a brand transformation for a sec? Tell me, when you, are, when you are defiant in life for so long, do you think there's a point where people just roll over and stop? Uh, I don't know where you're going with it, but I'd rather someone be true to his or yep. her values and, and, and not back away or apologise for them yep. just because people tell them to. So Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers for a moment. The, I don't know where you're going. The New York yep. Jets quarterback who yep. was formerly Green Bay Packers. So middle of COVID, he becomes a poster child for the anti-vax movement. He uh, misleads people that he's immunised in the eyes of some. Then he just comes out and says, no, I'm not getting vaxxed. And that's how it is. Then he weighs off the new ball on that, and society softens, and then it moves and transforms. He becomes a big figure on the Pat McAfee show. He um, is you know, staunch in his views on things. He whacks everyone and goes past. He doesn't doesn't find <laughs> in the media. Yeah. And then he goes to New York and thumbs his nose at in New York Jets. And now he's going to be this lead figure in hard knocks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I suspect he comes out of this one of the biggest, if he's not already one of the biggest sports media stars in the yeah. world, he comes out of it even bigger. I've come around to him in the space of six months. I think months. a lot of people have. Yeah. And it's, this I've always got... loved the way he carried himself because he, he, yeah. he didn't care. Now, and again, I didn't agree with his views on the anti-vax stuff, and I don't agree with a lot of stuff, but, but he doesn't care. When you don't care for a while, people will hate you. When you don't care for length of time. There's a respect. People come around. He hasn't changed. We've changed we've in how changed. we view him. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. he's going full circle. And, and Hard Knocks, you wonder whether he you wonder whether he was part of it, right? Because the, the way big names are injecting themselves in media deals now. Yeah. Well, Patrick Mahomes has released well, uh, a Netflix documentary, oh, hasn't he, this week? Is that what you- There's a bigger one than that. Is there? Lionel Messi. Messi going to the to the MLS. Messi's in. Messi's got a share of Jared's man. 
He'll come back to that. He got a Messi got a share of the Apple revenue, the streaming revenue, the broadcast revenue, the sponsorship. Re- he baked himself in every he revenue, did that deal. every revenue stream. Oh, you'd, you'd that like that, be, wouldn't you? I thought it was it was it was the most genius. They even and asked, he's going to US soccer. Yeah, yep. They yep. even asked the other clubs to top up his deal. You know that? <laughs> because my he's going to play in Miami, and I was chatting to a prominent sports owner last week in London, who was explaining to me some of the revenue streams that he's created. So he's he's. Every single person that can make a drink out of Messi going to the States is he got together it? in a room and they cut him collectively into the revenue streams. Even the opposing teams. Even the opposing teams have got See that, some but skin. That, that is US mindset on, it's just, on ju- this. It's just brilliant. How conservative are we and, and by as, the way, as an organisation? When we interview Gary V, <laughs> because by the way, that is confirmed. First week of August, it'll be the biggest bombshell in the history of the sounding board. No, I've no, got, we've, we've got Nick McKenzie I've in the camp. I've got my little Gary V notes. Um, by the way, if you've got a question for Gary V, start hitting me on Twitter. On my list, I've got the messy deal. Yep. I've got Aaron Rodgers' transformation. Yep. And I've got Ryan Reynolds leveraging himself digitally into Welcome to Wrexham and Beyond. Uh, already on my list of things to talk to Gary V about. All right. <laughs> now, again, we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. We're going to make this uh, both the question of the week and the glass jaw at the same time. Can't happen. There's someone outside the tent's bagging us. <laughs> this is not acceptable. So it's a it's a double whammy here, Archie. Glass jaw of the week yep. and the question of the week. And it comes in the form of this from Leon Terenyi. Glass Drew Award goes to Jared Waitley this week, who's probably my favourite media personality, by the way. Someone needs to explain to him how the internet works. Making a big deal about this only ensures there'll be more to follow. And for those who haven't caught up with it, it was a fake quote that was distributed on social media about Jared uh, comparing Grind Myers with Lionel Messi. It's not your job to be given the glass jaws, it's mine, so I don't, I don't oh. support this. Well, it's, it's Leon Terenyi who's given it, not me. I saw it. Uh, I just thought it was a way into this topic, which we had to get to, yep. and we're, we're out, running out of time. Yeah, I, I must admit, I was a bit late to this. I saw Jared yesterday and wasn't across it at the time, and I just had a look at it last night. And this can morning. I do the glass jaw, though, by the way? No, you can't. Glass oh. jaw is exclusively in my I, area. I wasn't. His I response wasn't aware to this was fair enough. His likeness and image was used um, poorly, and he just queried it and challenged it and asked to take it down. Have you, my, my take on it. You build your whole career on the respect that you've built over 30 years. Yeah. You don't let that no, happen. But, but I, can I mean, this is going to sound a bit crude, but anyone with a brain would have known Jared wouldn't have said that. Anyone with a brain. And and, and for those who, who don't have a brain, they're not worth worrying about. There's so many people out there that, that, that don't have a brain. Fell quite right. Yeah. There were people fell in everywhere to that. The no, no, not, not, not people you care for. Look at the comments. Who cares? This is my point. Who cares what those people say? I thought say? his response was fair and reasonable. I don't think it had been picked up by one person of prominence, had it? And the, the Had it? Oh, the zeitgeist no. of pop culture, yeah. it, it's become a thing now. It's become funny. <laughs> People are now mimicking it. I don't think it's you funny. You can't avoid it. But it, I, I feel for him. But it's, anyway, that's that's what happens. But in, but in that, time. again, you yeah. can only act y- yourself in that moment. And, yep. and anyone trying to comment on what you should and shouldn't do in that moment, you, you don't understand it, particularly with Jared's profile. You're, um, you're, what, what, what would you, though, Hutchie, now that you are aware of it and, and you caught up with it yesterday, I, I don't think I would have bought into it for what it's worth. Now, now again, I... I I say that not being the focus of it. I get yep. all that. What, what, now you've seen it in the cold light of day, would it have been better to just move on? Because I, I don't think it would have become as big had he just moved on. Yeah, I, know, I understand what I understand that he wanted to clean it up. I think that's fair yeah, enough. Yeah, okay. Oh, he wanted to point out, he built an extraordinary career on the back of his 
Very fair and reasonable. Yeah, but that's what I mean. But I, when someone said it to me, I just read it and thought I, – I didn't even give it a second thought. It was just like, yeah. no, he didn't say that because he's not stupid to say each, that. Each to their own. I think he did the right – I think for him he did the right thing yeah. and, and I support that. Yeah. The um, what do you, What's your early take on threads, by the way? I was going to ask you. Yeah. I don't know. I'm aware of it. I, I take my social media um, pursuits yep. off you, and you, you were the you told me to get onto Twitter many years ago, yep. actually, yeah, and I, very, I waited for about two years. It's very similar to Twitter. Very, like, there's not much. Like, I don't think there's a lot of differences, to be so, honest. So the same rubbish. Can't be. You can't DM. That's about the only thing I've noticed so far that is any different. It, it's a bit of a more. It's only a version one, so it's a bit of a more simple font version of Twitter. Do you think we in the media will need to gravitate across? Uh, I think it's yeah. I think it's worth being. There on won't there. be another MySpace. It's no, no, it's worth being there. It's it feel like it's funny how the um, society moves. It feels less cynical, more polite, a oh, yeah. bit warmer, early for the, for the moment. Yeah. Everyone's happy. It's like it's like <laughs> yeah. people would been sick of going to the same nightclub and one open next door. Everyone's like happy. How good is this? I don't know. It's got a bit of a new kind of vibe about it. People soon get as the journalists crashing down, it'll get, get yeah. cynical quick. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but early signs. What it is is just shows you. Like he got sixty six million followers in the first thirty six hours. Obviously, Instagram a huge leverage point, but he's been able to repoint that network into. So, so again, just lay persons for it as. Are we on there? The ceiling board, Jane, on threads yet? Come on, like lay person <laughs> for us. It's basically the Instagram version of Twitter. No, it, it's Twitter. Is that? It's another. It's a yeah, Twitter. but it, through, through the Instagram platform though. It's a Twitter competitor. No, it's its own. It's the same Twitter. Yeah, not much different. Pictures look a bit. Um, obviously, it's got a, a stronger uh, pictorial focus, when, but yep. it's written text. All right, I'll have a look at it. Do you reckon I should join? I can't believe you're not, not already on there. I don't care for it as much anymore. The whole social media space, I really don't. It doesn't doesn't. It, it actually just takes time, and you end up getting frustrated yep. if you do it. So. Uh, that was episode 24, series eight of the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the sounding board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email the sounding board at sen.com.au. Follow the show on Twitter at sounding board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.